What it is, y'all? Third Coast Space Radio, Season 4, Episode 39. You already know, it's your boy's metaphysic. Hey, what's good, everyone? It's Kid Luna. And yo, we got a special episode. We got your girls Chaos and Asher to come down and show it what it really is. So without further ado, let's get weird. Like mink on mink on mink on me. I'm fucking terrible, so unbearable. I couldn't fuck this up anymore if I tried. And I have like a million times. What are you doing? You're watching it die. Let it fall apart and give it meaning of a time. Messed up, fucking two twinks on a Tuesday. Everybody want a piece now. I ain't Tuesday. Got my eyes popping out like Eric Busey. I'll work a sign effect, yeah. Hop the fuck up this dip. Yeah, you, 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 not you. 30 minutes later, now I'm touching on a boob. Fuck your mom, the bloodsucker. I'll be soon. You make witness with the ass beats. My social security number is three. 
Trying to suck my dick, but I'm three years off E. I walk into the club and I talk obnoxiously, saying, This can't be good for me, but I feel great. <laughs> I couldn't fuck this up anymore if I tried. And I had like a billion times. What do you do when you're watching it die? Let it fall apart and give it me to run it back. I couldn't fuck this up anymore if I tried. Like a million times What do you do when you're watching it die? Let it fall apart and give it meaning all the time Fuck, I sold out Think I'd have to kill myself to make it up now Everybody love my shit, I swear they had me counted out Now I'm out of care about keeping up all my whereabouts, yeah I couldn't fuck this up anymore if I tried And I have like a billion times What do you do when you're watching it die? Let it fall apart, give it meaning, run it back Couldn't fuck this up anymore if I tried And I had like a billion times What do you do when you're watching it die? Let it fall apart, give it meaning every time I couldn't fuck this up anymore if I tried And I had like a billion times What do you do when you're watching it die? Let it fall apart, give it meaning, run it back I couldn't fuck this up anymore if I tried And I have like a million times What do you do when you're watching it die? Let it fall apart This can't be good for me, but I feel great. Fucking bother me Phony motherfuckers Trying to get Something out of me Dick rotted 
Brothers always want a piece of it, they can't have Cry baby bitches always getting in my bed now I'm a vampire fucking bloodsucker I'ma drain you of your life until you're rotting in a grave Bitch say my name, two-tone for all my chains Funding is my image, my life, my game The world is my game Y'all pussies just playing Two gems for both my fangs Y'all yeah, are insane The world is my game The world is my game Baby boy, ain't shit unless you're giving me that brain This is so humiliating. Beneath all my organs, the holes that you left me, aging like moss, alongside a building, the carpet and empty, with only the light from the morning, bearing me through the broken
I don't know why I don't like All of these people when they act so nice I made mistakes, I hate my life But I fucking tried to be so damn nice Take a breath and take up more space I got my tobacco 
Diamonds wanna chase the sin Joy in year 23 where I'm dunking off the rim of Baker's dozen for the show It's for another 10 for the road Shallow on a faggot bullshit Call it Dennis Rodman Wait, she keep a couple prima donnas I'm my boy out from the world Shit, I treat him Never seen some popularity contest Zip it up real fast You'll be put on a block list Five words for all these Steelers promoters Leeches at my shows Motherfuckers lurk on my posts I don't give a fuck Another night cause I feel generous Kill your fucking selves if you wanna be helpful Backspace, backspace, tell your fucking friends that I don't like sharing Carry the fucking game till I got back kicks on, I'm weird None of y'all can get near me Except a couple friends, y'all cause they can't I don't usually air shit out but sometimes I get scared In a fucking venue, I can signal interference Drop a couple singles out that I ain't feeling Still do better than your last three albums It's almost like I control the outcomes I don't even need no marketing Pop up out of nowhere, fall my sin, walk around like I run this shit, cause I fucking do. Shit, I swear to God, if you want me, you fucking do it too. I said, two phones, one unchaceable sim, I meant that that's what you're allowed to know. But I'm sent a great room, we're allowed to go. 21, might as well have been savage. Had to Beverly Flow, is in your city, shooting dominoes, shit, they can hate me. But I'm already chose, yeah. I keep my necklace, I'm frozen, but then I need to impress all your hoes. When I'm in your baby mama's living room, feet up on the couch. That you pay for Eating Cheerios That you got for your son Off of EBT I got all kinds of jokes If you wanna play with me yeah, yeah. Been a board of defensive Struck them like a mess I can hit them where they at Where they at I'm the one with all the emotion What they talking about Bouncing off the walls On my Adderall Coffee and blood Just to speed it down a little bit Speed like cinnamon But keep it short With all the cinnamons When I'm off the shroomies Guess I get a little intimate Call me Touchstar That's it misunderstood Important person in a room and still feel overwhelmed I'm like I'm under you Tell me that I'm heat but I'm just keeping a sauna Sweat them out and wait them out It's a 180 in a sauna But the tempo's like a 183 Eating sushi off a naked lady Someone casually Everything that I put out is a whole new masterpiece Sign my room's a mess but you can set your price up on my dresser please Right next to the honey in my new city this fleece You can get some dick but you'll never have the rest of me Yeah Whoa
Hey, what's good, everybody? It's Kid Luna here. Uh, I hope y'all enjoyed that little mix Astrid put together. I'm going to let her introduce herself. I'm going to go ahead and get started with this. Uh, I've been waiting to interview them, so it's going to be a great show. Let's go. Hi there, everyone. My name is Astrid. I'm a 20-year-old musician and producer from Boulder, Colorado. Uh, thanks for having me on. Of course. Hell yeah. I enjoyed the music. It was, uh, it was, I think I've, I listened to a couple of your songs before without even knowing it. Um, you know, just from the hyper pop record label, but yeah, oh. no, it was, it was a, a, a good mix. I, yeah, I think you had an, uh, was it an album that came out on hyper pop records? Maybe like, uh, yeah, I, I had a, a single with them, uh, the song Pretty, uh, and I was also a part of uh, Monastery Records, uh, which That's is... That's what uh, it was. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe it, it was a comp tape that you were on, actually. Yes, yeah, it was a fun little comp. Um, yeah, because I think that that's actually, you know, I, I was somewhat familiar with Third Coast and with you particularly, but I, I, yeah, I think that being on that comp record was kind of what put me on to, to what you guys have been doing. Yeah, we're glad to have you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I'm glad of that course. you like the tracks. Of course. Yeah, the other co-host is actually in Colorado. He's up there where you are, so. Oh, really? Do you yeah. know what part? A lot of people um, are on vacation over here this time of year. I'm kind of curious. Well, he's like in the middle of moving, but I think he was like in Aurora. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Is he like staying in Colorado? Yeah, he's been up there for like five or six years, I think. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I, I've been out here for about seven myself, actually. Oh, nice. Have you been out to the, uh, I think it's uh, Black Box? I always hear them talk about it. I'm seeing it's like a venue and shit, so. Yeah, I mean, there are tons of different venues uh, in Denver and kind of beyond. You know, like in all the big cities, there there's a scene for all kinds of different stuff. I would say predominantly, though, you know, they're doing a lot of like um, higher production value, like EDM house music mm-hmm. type stuff. You know, like the kinds of things that people would go and, you know, just like pay a cover fee at a club for. There's also mm-hmm. like the church and tracks and and yeah, those other like higher end venues. But yeah, I've seen some of the artists that have played there and I, I think a lot of them are really talented. It's kind of like, I think an art scene considered like a, like, I don't know what you would call it, like a, like a torch bearing moment to like uh, have some sort of like residency at the black box. But I, I don't think it's necessarily something that like everybody wants, but I have heard some people be like, yeah, that's like kind of knowing like at least in the area around here that like you're starting to like really hit the ground going on something good. Oh, sweet. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I've only been up there once and that was like this year. So and I didn't even go to Denver. Um, shit, we went to the dunes and I was like on the outskirts, I think. So. Oh, yeah. Did you like it? Oh, yeah, it was amazing. She yeah. was awesome. It's like I was in a, um, I don't know, like I was in a <laughs> fucking Zelda game or something. Like <laughs> yeah, no, I, I came out here originally like vacationing uh, with my family when I was like in like, I, I think like middle school. Uh, and then mm-hmm. I, they just ended up loving it so much that we moved out here. But yeah, it is kind of like living in a vacation destination. It's kind of weird because you just like are surrounded by mountains and shit all the time. It's like very refreshing, but you know, like how with anything in your environment, you just like, it just kind of becomes normal to you Mm -hmm. after Mm -hmm. like a handful of years i'm like oh i don't even really realize that there's like super fresh air in mountains like (laughs) all the time it's like the weirdest thing (laughs) taking it for granted yeah for sure 
<laughs> it happens. It happens. Well, shit, let's go ahead and get into it. So let's talk a little bit a little bit about Astrid. Tell me about yourself. Uh, sure. Is there anything in particular that you want to know? Yeah, what's your background? Let's know a little bit about you personally. Sure. Um, I mean, I have been making music, I would say, I, I started learning how to produce back around 2015, 2016. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I predominantly work in FL Studio, and I would say that like, honestly, like if you listen to a lot of the music that I make, I feel like everything that I do is way more production heavy than like the lyrics and and vocals. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been trying really hard to just like, uh, I don't know, balance it out a bit more, but I've always felt like my strong suit has always been with kind of producing and having an ear for soundscapes more so than like the lyricism. So, you know, I, I was releasing music for years uh, prior to like COVID and uh, like transitioning myself, I had like a whole different alias and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of genre that I was working in. And with that, I kind of switched uh, everything up, just kind of tried to figure everything out again. And yeah, I kind of ended up here. No, I think it sounds great. Uh, I don't honestly, I think, especially with the music you make, I don't think you necessarily need like lyric heavy. Um, like songs or at least at least not i mean i guess you can always do that at any point you know just being like recording vocals but i don't think it's really necessary like especially the type of shows you do you know so i don't know not unless someone's complaining like i need more bars from astrid or some shit so <laughs> i i think it's like one of those weird things that like i hold myself up to because i I think that anybody that is like a big fan of rap music would listen to my music and realize that although it's technically hyper pop, it's mm-hmm. like just my vessel of just like making more like hip hop rap adjacent type music. Cause that's just mm-hmm. like what I've always loved. And so, yeah, I think kind of like going back to the drawing board a bit, figuring out what I want to do for future releases. It's, it's weird. Cause I'm about to put out like a whole like acoustic EP thing of just like I've made so many acoustic songs and just kind of had them sitting around that I'm going to put that out and then like just in the last handful of weeks I've just been making so many songs that are are way more yeah like me just for some reason just trying to get better at writing and having a better performance to it and yeah like I don't know in a weird way like I do imagine my music in the future being a bit more like lyric heavy or that there it's like substantive content in both mm-hmm but yeah, I feel like right now with where my skill set is, I feel like it's just better to, you know, like you do see a lot of people, especially in rap music, where they kind of understand that people are more so just kind of listening to it for the production and, and the beat. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I, I try and let my music right now take, like my vocals at least take a bit more of an intentional backseat or just be supplemental instead of like taking over. I don't know. But yeah, it's definitely something like I feel like we can all constantly improve. And that's one area where I feel like I want to improve a lot. Oh, totally understand. I'm right there with you. Um, I, I don't think you should dwell on it too much. I mean, you have people, I mean, you have like a Kendrick Lamar kind of thing. And then you have a person that's like a like a Playboy Cardi. Like, so, I mean, and they're vastly different when it comes to like, I guess, lyricism. So I guess if you can just find your voice, like sweet spot, I don't think it really matters. I mean, you seem to be doing well, you know, but as a creator, you know, we're our own worst critics and shit. So Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, at the end of the day, the, the thing is, it's like, I'm not even, like, depressed about it because I'm just making the music that makes me happy. Like, at the end of the day, like, pretty much everything I do is, like, I will, like, write a whole instrumental. I'll spend, like, you know, a couple of days just, like, really fine-tuning it. And then mm-hmm. I'll just turn on my microphone with all my presets and just, like, go for it. Just line by line. Just record the whole song. 
and I'll either leave it as that or I'll just re-record it. It's just like over the years, like I feel like all this efficiency I've gained, I've realized that like just saying the first thing that comes to mind is so much better than anything else. I don't know. And, and like, I, I feel like too, like the numbers, you know, and I, I don't make it like a numbers game, but I can tell that mm -hmm. people resonate a lot more with the music when it's just like whatever I was thinking of instead of just sitting there and meticulously like going over it and going over it. I guess mm -hmm. I'm more so just saying that like, I have seen a lot of other musicians that I'm so impressed by their ability that just off the top, they're so eloquently spoken. And, you know, they use very verbose language and they have, uh, you know, like very connected pieces of work. And I guess it's just like, I see other people just like killing it. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. man, I really want to, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm always so excited to just like make better music. And I think that that's definitely something that I've been thinking about, like working on more in the future. No, I think that's great. Um, you mentioned that you said you're going to, you have a, a, an acoustic project coming out. Um, so with that said, like, so what's your music history like? Are you self-taught or like, did you take school or what's, what's up with that? Yeah. I mean, ugh, there's kind of a lot to that. I mean, <laughs> let's get into uh, it. Yeah. So like I would say 2020 through about 2017. So yeah, there's like three years prior to COVID starting. Mm -hmm. I was kind of um, finding my own way through making more like indie pop records. And I put out like two of those to, I would say like moderate success. And I, I mean, I had some shows lined up and stuff. And at the time I was, you know, I was like still in high school. Uh, and so there was like this whole thing with that. A lot of it ended up getting pushed back or, or canceled due to COVID. And then um, I, in the midst of that was like transitioning myself. So th there was just, yeah, this whole period where everything kind of shifted. But in, in terms of musical background, I would say that that's what I was releasing as far as solo material goes. But um, I mean, throughout school, I took literally like, I think like almost every single arts class that my school offered in, in the four years of, of high school. I, mm -hmm. I went to a school that had like some pretty awesome, like very robust music programs. I will say that it was definitely a privilege, uh, like all the amazing courses that they offered, you know, and just like history of music and being able to take like, you know, um, like the choir classes, guitar classes. Um, you know, uh, I also did jazz for years. Uh, traditionally, I started uh, by playing like jazz trumpet uh, and then worked into like saxophone, piano. And when I was younger, had like lessons in violin. So I don't know. I guess I've had a lot of like instruments across the board that like I, I think from an early age, like as I got older uh, and kind of had my own motivations towards it, mm -hmm. ended up really gravitating back towards a lot of the same instruments that I started with. No, oh, that's cool. Um so I guess like through your high school years, like you just kind of took like, um, I guess would be like band classes or something like that. Or yeah. was it just like, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, some of it was going to be like band classes, but then as well as that, you know, you have like choirs, theater groups, uh, like within schools. Uh, I also took like, we had like guitar class which was more just like, I mean, it would be like one guy like teaching like 10 kids how to play a guitar for like, mm -hmm. you know, like an hour and a half. 
every other day. So it was like, you know, it wasn't like necessarily like a one-on-one lesson. There was a pretty good portion of that, but it was more akin to like, yeah, just like guitar lessons than anything else. So that to me was like, I had always really wanted to get into guitar, but I would say that that was like the moment that like it started to click for the first time. Because I think for a lot of people that are like inclined to music or really anything creatively, you kind of just have to, like somebody just has to show it to you the right way. Mm-hmm. Like it could be something you're predisposed to like your whole life and you probably just won't even know because somebody's just shown it to you the wrong way. And it pro- like wasn't until like high school, like I had done all the music stuff. I had always been, you know, participating in whatever extracurriculars that my school had offered for it. But like, yeah, I don't think that I ever like realized I'm like, oh, this is a really awesome outlet for me to make stuff for myself. And so like I was doing all that with my school. And then as soon as I started getting into like DAWs and and producing, I like almost completely fell away from it very quickly. (laughs) I realized how much more I really liked just making my own music instead of playing other people's music. And that that was what I think really set it off for me is that like I, I realized that the difference is that I want to make music. I don't want to play somebody else's music. I don't want to be mm-hmm. in a band. I want to do all of it if if possible. And so like I think that that's why I've gotten really really into digital production. Honestly. Yeah, I hear you. No, I mean you said you use FL Studio. I mean that holds got the piano roll. So I mean that's all you need. <laughs> the piano roll goes fucking crazy, guys. <laughs> I I gotta say, yeah, that's like the the channel rack, the piano roll. Fucking fruity limiter. Yeah, crazy, crazy. I mean, I do use other DAWs as well um, Mm -hmm. because I have um, like a bit of a professional background in um, like songwriting for other people. Uh, So that was like a lot of what I was doing prior to, uh, you know, like COVID and stuff. That was a lot of why I decided to switch more into like making my own stuff because I was feeling very consumed by just kind of working on projects for other people to Mm -hmm. just kind of keep my head above water financially. And so, yeah, I know. I guess it was more of like a a strive to have a bit more independence, kind of just relaunching my music in this way. Oh, awesome. So where did your moniker come from? Which one? The Astrid moniker. Like, how did that come about? Like, was that like in between like the transition or were you already using that name before? Uh, Yeah, that's just my name. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I've always kind of been like more inclined to just attach my actual name to projects for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like anytime I ever use like a pseudonym or something for some reason, it always just makes me feel corny. Like, I, I, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I always just feel like dorky if I just like, I make up, like a stage name for myself. So I'm just like, whatever, I'll just, I'll just call it what it is. And then yeah. I like looked it up and I was like, oh, well, there isn't really anybody else that just goes by Astrid. So it's it's fine. Like that works. Yeah. So I guess it does. I didn't know that. Well, the more you know. <laughs> There's like talk- one other person, I think. She's got like 20K monthly listeners last time I checked. So I don't know. Maybe solid. someday we'll have to like gladiator duel for the title if if my streams ever get up. <laughs> yeah. Or y'all can just make like a uh, EP together or some shit. That would be crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of music right now, let's talk about that little mix you got. So some of those songs in there, I know um, I, I was aware that you weren't a DJ or anything like that. And that's completely fine. You know, it's not necessary. Um, it's, uh, we've had other people on that don't DJ. Uh, I think Orange Pill Mystic, she was on here. She plays live. Uh, I think she's out in like Massachusetts. But 
yeah, let's talk about the tracks and that track selection. I heard a little bit of variety of everything. And I guess what I mean by variety, I mean like beat wise, you know, um, Astrid is Astrid on the vocals in, in my opinion, but like, uh, I guess with like the hyper pop, you know, the beats can be, um, almost, uh, almost anything I feel. Oh yeah. No, I feel, I don't know. Are you very familiar with, uh, the like Daria core subgenre of like electronic or like hyper pop music? Yes. I, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like a lot of what I've been doing since Hellraiser came out, and, you know, some of the tracks from Hellraiser uh, kind of start off the mix that I put together. Uh, but I feel like all the other stuff that isn't from Hellraiser, you can mm -hmm. kind of see like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I got to say, like, I think that my influence is really, really wide. Uh, a lot more than it probably shows in the music, but you could probably still at least see, yeah, that, that there's a... Like, especially with Daria Court, just the idea of just like pulling from all kinds of different genres and just kind of going with it. Yeah, I listened to, um, I don't know what tape it was. It was a Daria Court mixtape. It was crazy. But uh, as expected, um, I even showed it to my girlfriend just because of like, just the, the Daria uh, mm. nostalgia. But yeah, if like, since you say that, like, so who inspires your soundscape then? Like, oh gosh. Uh, I mean, it's like some of the most influential. I would say probably uh, my all-time favorite artist is got to be by far Frank Ocean. Always okay, Blonde okay. is my all-time favorite mm -hmm. album, uh, which I feel like probably doesn't show as well as I'd like it to. But uh, I would say some of my favorite projects uh, from the last handful of years. Um, I'm really fucking into everything that Glaive puts out. I'm not going to lie. I love Glaive's music. Uh, I think Jane Remover is awesome. Um, Going to be doing a show with uh, Jedwill on Sunday. Jedwill is another really awesome musician, super talented producer. Uh, really looking forward to doing that show with them. But um, I would say just throughout my life, oh my goodness. I would say, you know, like everybody always has to put Kanye somewhere on their influences if you produce at all. Like you can't just mm -hmm. not be influenced in some way by it. But, um, oh God, I feel I'm like kind of on the spot here, like flipping through my Apple music as quickly as possible. <laughs> I, had, I had an absolutely devious uh, Brockhampton and Chance the Rapper phase, which I just feel like... Um, my music is like that, but if you night court it and then uh, G clipped the master, uh, or I, I guess just yeah, blew the fuck out of it. Um, I mean, I, I, that's a good description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you, I mean, so for sure, I know you said you were making music, or you started making uh, a new alias like in 2015. Um, mm -hmm. Were you, were you uh, ever into like future bass or anything like that? Uh, or, you, or did you kind of hop in after that wave? You would be very interested. So uh, all of the music that I was really putting out at that time was largely like acoustic pop. So most of the songs okay. that I was putting out then would be like me playing like guitar, ukulele, piano, you know, those kinds of things. And then, like, I would have a drum machine that would be playing, like, mostly just, like, analog-sounding drum sounds. Mm -hmm. You know, just kind of like, I don't know, there was kind of a wave at the time of, like, bedroom pop-type music that was going around for a bit. 
circa mm-hmm. like Claro, Cuco type music. I don't know if you were really paying attention to that scene when that was kind of happening, but that was kind of where I was going with it. And I don't know. I think it was like fine and all, but I, I think over the years, just kind of coming into my own sound a bit more has been mm-hmm. really fun. Because like it, it sounds fine when I go back and listen to it now. And dear God, yeah, I have all that archived. But <laughs> I, go, I go back and listen to it and I'm like, yeah, this is fine, but it doesn't sound like anything that like I'm super like in love with and I can hear it when I listen to it, you know? Yeah. And that's such a crazy thing because like, you may not be in love with it, but people may love the song. <laughs> and you just have it archived away. Yeah, I know for sure. I, I'm sure that there are probably people out there that like, I don't know, because at the time that like I started privating things, you know, I, I kind of went dark on all my social media for maybe like a year or two. I mean, before February, I kind of just like pulled the plug on all of my social media presence for like the last couple of years. It mm-hmm. was just like kind of lurking all the time. And then just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, my my friend Charlotte that I do a lot of my music with, uh, she is super awesome and was really instrumental in that. Like, uh, we started collaborating on music together. Well, I found out that she worked on music. She heard a lot of the stuff that I was working on, like Hellraiser and everything, and was just like, "You you got to put this out." <laughs> and at the time, I was like, you know, I, I'm I'm totally done making music. Like, I don't I don't want to do it anymore. And she kind of just convinced me to to throw my hat at it again. And I got to say that I think that that was probably one of the best decisions ever. At least, you know, like I'm super appreciative for her kind of steering me in that direction because it's led to so many awesome opportunities. Yeah. So, well, at what moment did you like, what moment in your life did you decide to like, just like focus on music? Was it like as recent or... It's weird because I think I've always just kind of had this feeling in the back of my mind that at some point I was going to put myself in a position where I could just like kick back and make it the main priority. Mm-hmm. And I think it came to me after like I was going to uh, uh, I was going to the University of Colorado uh, for a while uh, and I was planning on, you know, just kind of like pursuing computer science. And uh, I don't know, it was like it was OK, but I, I didn't feel like that's like what uh, I want to do forever. <laughs> and it yeah. was also crazy expensive. I gotta say, like I, I, I was, I was paying for it out of pocket. It was way more money. I was kind of in over my head about it. So I was like, okay, where do I kind of go from here? So I was uh, focusing on, um, getting like certified to do, uh, like laser hair removal actually. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So that's like a whole different the beast but yeah kind of in the middle of that like having a lot of conversations with uh charlotte and having spent like hellraiser is only like 20 minutes long about but i spent years working on that project it was dozens of songs that were scrapped and rewritten over and over and over just like trying to figure out what it was and it kept just changing with with time and then you know she told me to like yeah like you got to put this out and at least try and i i guess yeah from there i just kind of realized like yeah, I'd rather like do this and and fucking fail and fall flat on my face than um, just not know how it went, you know? Oh, I don't know. Facts. I could always figure it out, you know? It's yeah. like at the end of the day, it's like if things don't go the way that I want to, at least I could tell myself like, hey, you, you fucking tried your hardest. You played some shows and some people liked it. And that's like all you could really hope for at the end of the day, right? Yeah, 
No, most definitely. I mean, I think you're doing fantastic, though. Uh, I, I know it's like something that as an artist, we all think about and shit like that. But I don't know. I feel like if you were to stick to a job, you're definitely going to always be thinking about like uh, what it would have been if I would have started making music. Because, I mean, it can go either way, but I don't know. Shit, I, I'm kind of like... I don't know, man. I didn't have the choice to take like <laughs> a boring route. So like, you know, I'm in this shit. So yeah. And I think that that's the case for a lot of people. I mean, you see this all the time across all different genres of, of independent artists that a lot of the time it's like, if I don't like chase this opportunity that I see in front of me, there might never be another opportunity realistically for me to potentially make a living right off mm-hmm. of something like creative or something that I actually care about. And I think for a lot of us, it's like that value proposition is there just enough that if to some people it seems really ridiculous and unattainable to others, it's like, nah, I got to at least see how it might pan out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is there is there anything that you've learned, like or becoming an artist that you probably wouldn't have learned coding? <laughs> <laughs> so much. I mean, like how to touch grass, and uh, how to get bitches and how to have good clothes. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean... Uh, (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Oddly enough, you're not wrong. I I mean, it's like, yeah, of course. I think at the end of the day, like, I I was kind of like looking around at a lot of my peers who were graduating and then moving into the field and having conversations with with Charlotte, especially, she actually just got a degree in comp sci. Let's so, go. you know, we were kind of talking about that and I'm like, okay, well, if you live in Colorado and if you, yeah. you know, since I'm trans with the healthcare system right now, it, it's like, mm-hmm. it's fucked. I, I'm not going to move anywhere else. Colorado is like the one place that I feel like at least in the U S like, I'm like, okay, like I can at least like live here. I can get my meds, you know, like everything's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. nobody's going to fuck with me. So I can at least just kind of chill out and do my thing. So I'm kind of stuck here and it's like, okay, if I want to be a pro programmer around here it's either like you do like med tech or it or you go and work for like a military defense contractor and i'm like uh yeah i don't know about that uh but i mean at the end of the day like the same is true for everything i feel like i've done up to this point every every single job i've had all the opportunities that have kind of came and went with like you know doing like um like hair and skin and stuff like yeah, because for a while I was imagining like, okay, well, I I am about to be certified. Like, I'm only a couple of months away from finishing up, uh, mm-hmm. getting certified to be able to do like hair and skin and stuff. And it's like, okay, like I could go work in a salon, but like at the end of the day, like if because to me, I'm like, I feel like with what I'm doing, if I just applied myself as much as I would to getting that to doing this, mm-hmm. I don't know. Call me crazy. I feel like I feel like my odds are pretty good. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I feel like my odds are pretty all right. Yeah. And uh, realistically, I mean, you're still kind of in a creative world, whether you pick either or. I mean, you can pretty much do both. I know. I think um, I think um, uh, Ducky, you know, uh, they tattoo and they also still make music, I think. So like I should have as long as you don't have any like kid responsibilities. I'm pretty sure you can like grind both if it came down to it. But I don't know. I mean, if you have like the luxury of um, having a a degree and still making music, like that's kind of a win-win too, you know? Oh yeah. And you're young. So like, 
you know, you don't you have plenty of time if you don't self-destruct or anything like that with how society is these days. Like, it's fucking a mess. Yeah, and, and honestly, that's exactly the point, is, like, with where things are at right now, it's like, uh, okay, if life takes an unexpected turn and I, I really need to, like, I can just, you know, go back to school for a couple of months. I, I actually, you know, I live with my partner, and so we're in a pretty stable situation right now, just in terms of like, it's not like my housing is necessarily on the line, you know, which mm-hmm. is a real concern for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, like, I think if that were the case, you know, of course it'd be different circumstances, but uh, I think part of, you know, some of the privilege of my situation does allow me to have the freedom to kind of get to test the waters and express myself in this way. And it's something that I'm very grateful for. And I also got to say too, that like, on a completely different end, like for all the shows and all the people online that have been supporting, that makes a huge difference. Like, I mean, the money that we make off of like merch, people coming to shows, it's not like life changing money or anything, but it Mm -hmm. is enough to make it like sustainable. And that is something that I'm incredibly grateful for because on its own, I don't know how much I could really, you know, sit here and be like, uh, like, I don't know, you know, especially when there's like kind of a lot of societal and interpersonal pressures to kind of Mm -hmm. focus on what people tell you to do that's more important. But yeah, whenever I guess like there's money to kind of back it up too, there's a sense of internal security. Like, okay, like I can chill out a little bit. I can try this out. And if it doesn't work, like I'm not going to go broke. Got you. Yeah. Well, I mean, shit, get that bag. (laughs) Get that fucking bag. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I I don't want to overestimate though. It is it is not like anything like crazy, but it's definitely no, you know, it, it helps. And, it, and and it's not and it's not even about it being crazy. It's just like for one, they're supporting you, and then they're also supporting you financially. Like that must be like a fantastic feeling because like, I mean, me and I know a lot of people. Like half the time, it's like all free, you know, unless I'm like DJing a show. But like, there's no merch involved in that, you know. But people still turn out and you know, that means a lot too. So I can imagine like what it would be like for them to also support you in that way as well. So. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that like for anybody that makes music, like you can't ever really even imagine being a real thing. And so like, I think for me, it's just like, I'm still in that state of like awe all the time about everything. Like, I don't know. Um, like, of course, like actually having merch that we can sell to people and the fact that they want to buy it. But like, I, I had a show like a month or two ago where, so like, I'll go and do the show. And then afterwards, uh, I like to just, you know, sit at the merch table and say hi to everybody that came through because, you know, really appreciate it. If anybody wants me to sign stuff, whatever, always happy to do it. So I'm sitting at this table and this person comes over and it's kind of dark inside the venue and mm-hmm. they like, unfurl what looks to be like an elder scroll like it, it, it like i swear to god it looks like this giant sheet of parchment paper it's like huge and they unfurl it and it's like sideways so it's like kind of dark so i can't really see what it is and then they turn it and it's like an absolutely beautiful painted portrait of me like oh, wow. in like nice. incredible detail with like some of my lyrics painted on it and i'm like they're like, can you sign this? And so I'm signing it. And I'm like, why is it on this material? They're like, oh, because I make like custom, custom like leather jackets. So it's going to be like on the back of my jacket. <laughs> and, and like, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, 
especially for like how short of a time that I've been releasing music under this alias, you know, kind of going, having to start from nothing. Mm-hmm. I was so insecure that like this project that I had spent so much time and energy on making like exactly what I wanted it to be, wouldn't do anything near as well as like all the other stuff that I had put out. And so mm-hmm. to see that like people actually like resonate with it on that level it, it like, it makes me like so happy. Like I'm sitting here right now thinking about it, just smiling. Like I'm so grateful for the people that like actually like care that much. Like, cause there are people that like drive out for hours every time for these shows. It's like, mm-hmm. God, I, I, I love it so much. And yeah, even if there was no money involved, like those experiences make it a million percent worth it. Do you think, um, do you think like your journey um, through transitioning, you think that gave you a lot of confidence and like a lot of self-insurance? I, I think in a lot of ways it has to, you know, I, I think that anybody that's lived a similar experience to this recognizes that like, it's almost unavoidable that in a lot of our experience, like you begin to be seen and treated differently for mm-hmm. a long time. And you can either kind of choose to let that break you down or, you know, sadly, and I wish this wasn't the case, a lot of us that are like the kinds of people that like to be outside and talk to people, you kind of have to just learn how to stop fucking caring. Mm -hmm. Like that's really all it comes down to. And I think that that as an extension of making music has been such a blessing because I think I I love talking to people, but at the end of the day, I'm just incredibly shy. Like it it, it is kind of hard for me. Like I, I feel like I can go through the motions and talk perfectly fine, but on a certain level, like it is a little difficult for me. So I, I don't know. I think it's at least given me more outward charisma, which like allows me to carry myself a bit more, less charisma, more so confidence, I would say is a better way of a better word for that. But yeah, I, I definitely think it has helped my confidence and just like, I don't know, like I'll have shows where like, I'll feel like I'm absolutely fucking bombing. And so I'll just like go for it like crazy. And then people come up after and say that they loved it. So it's just like, I feel like all of it is just like giving the energy that like everything's good and people will just kind of follow suit. Facts. <laughs> yeah. I've, seen, I've, I've done it and seen it. And I, I understand that that is a real thing. Um, Cause I mean, you, as I mean, they're seeing you having a good time and still, it's still a performance, you know, like, mm. I don't know. Like it's there's there's plenty of people that get paid like fucking a hundred grand and they still be fucking up during a show. Like you know. So <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't know if you've ever seen like like Lucky or Ken Carson or like Twenty One Savage on stage. They literally just like walk left, then right, then left, then right. And it's like I don't know. Like at, at the end of the day, like I and practically just kind of playing the song really loud. So I'm like, I kind of got to like find some other like reason to be entertaining. And if that's like jumping and rolling around and screaming and like mm-hmm. moshing with the audience, then that's like what it's got to be. I don't know. Like, you know, obviously no disrespect to to those artists if that's what their fans want to pay for them to see. But mm-hmm. at least for me, it's like, if I'm going to spend money to go to a show, like I want to be, fucking entertain i'm paying to be entertained and if that's why people are coming to my shows then god damn it i gotta do it is like the way i see it like even if i feel like i'm bombing i will roll around on the floor and just start screaming and just see if that makes like because after that it's like you can kind of do whatever right like 
you can't feel embarrassed after that. Yeah, and that's like uh, the key <laughs> almost. That's like the key almost. Um, yeah, no, I found that like the best way to like quell some of that anxiety. Like, cause I don't know, it's gotten to the point now where I'm just like, you know, it'll be like, okay, time to go up there. And I'm like, fuck it, okay, let's do it. But like I, at first it used to just be like, we'd talk about like, okay, I got to do something like really embarrassing just like off top just so that like everything else just feels like a cakewalk by comparison. <laughs> Like I was trying to think of the worst thing you could possibly do. And it was just like, uh, imagine someone just farting on the microphone. Just like, all right, let's start this shit. But I don't know how that would pay off though. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. No, y- you remind me of so much. Cause like I, I did a show, uh, like my, my first show with Charlotte, um, she was going on before me and the sound was just like, it, it was completely out of our control. There was just some ish with, uh, you know, like the the sound team and the gear mm-hmm. that they had, uh, but it just caused feedback so loud through the entire thing that you literally just like couldn't hear the music. And I remember after that on the on the way home that night, like we were both just sitting there, like, bro, we gotta fucking quit. But <laughs> after that, it was like before every single show, we just like sit there, and I think we we just both remember that moment. We're like, can't be that bad, <laughs> you know, like. Eh. And and so yeah, it's just kind of like helped. But no, actually, the worst thing that that has happened to me, I had one of my tits come out on at, <laughs> at a show recently, and nobody, I don't, I don't know, I like we had multiple like photographers and stuff taking videos of the whole thing. I looked at the crowd, I don't think anybody noticed. But uh, yeah, now that that happened, so I guess. Yeah, no, but, yeah, I don't know. I would have <laughs> noticed. I definitely would have noticed the titty. Like, <laughs> I definitely would have noticed the titty. I'm like, hell yeah, Janet Jackson slip. Let's go. It, yeah, it was, it was exactly <laughs> like that, actually. Well, it was actually both of them. Like, I was wearing, like, I don't know. I, I, was, I was advised not to wear this top to the show. And I was like, nah, I'm going to do it. And then I, I decided, you know, like, because with my set, I like to just get the longest mic cable possible. And then with the way that I have my audio routed through Ableton, uh, I made it basically just so that my mic doesn't pick up a ton of feedback. I mean, dynamic microphones are already great about that as is. Mm-hmm. So it's not really something you have to be super worried about. But yeah, so I'll just grab like a 50 foot long cable, just kind of run into that bitch. And uh, yeah, I guess we were kind of going at it. And then I, I came back out. And uh, yeah, my my tits were out, but I guess that's just how that <laughs> yeah. happens, right? Yeah, no, I love that. Uh, I love the fucking energy with the long mic cable. I went to, I think it was the garden show and it had Machine Girl. So, you know, that vibe was like mm. fucking long extended microphone cable and just going into the crowd. So Yeah, um, no, actually that, that was an idea that honestly, I'm going to, say it outright i totally ripped off from one of my friends uh her name's bent uh bent will kill you music super awesome uh she makes more like hardcore industrial type music and uh one of her shows yeah i was uh it was like the first time i'd seen her play and i was just like kind of watching how she works and i realized that she would turn her laptop to face the audience kind of have that interface and then just walk out into the crowd and i was like oh my God, that's so much more entertaining than watching somebody on a stage. It's like actually just having everybody in a giant circle around you. Mm-hmm. So much cooler. I mean, it makes for better photos. People actually get to be closer to you. And it's like, there's less separation, I feel. Yeah, and that's what intimate. I really like about it. Yeah, no, like, and I think that it's something that like, I'm going to try and find a way to do at every show if I possibly can. Like, I, I don't really want to do shows on a stage, really. I don't know. Yeah, no, I fucked with that idea. Heavy. 
Um, so is there any advice you can give any upcoming producers or anything you could help out any upcoming FL Studio users? Ooh. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'll split this up into two categories because uh, I don't know. I, I don't think gatekeeping is real. Uh, but in terms of like doing live shows, um, if you don't know how to start doing it, like literally no matter where you are, find the nearest big city to you and just start calling people and asking. Just start going to stuff. And if there isn't a scene, then get some of your friends together and literally just make one. You will be so surprised to find out how many people in your city are dying to have just some kind of communal space out here in the Denver community. There are so many different groups that are just like small collectives, of like handfuls of people that get together, host an event at maybe somebody's house, and then dozens of people show up. And it ends up generating hundreds of dollars of revenue for them. And it's very sustainable. And like... Those opportunities are there if you're willing to take it. Um, in terms of producing, um, stop fucking making tight beats. Stop. <laughs> I swear to God, when you stop making tight beats uh, and stop using kicks, all right? Um, that uh, tune your 808s. Um, you just <laughs> like, um, it, okay, if you want to make good hyper pop music, just make whatever song you were going to make, export it, speed it up 20%, and then just G clip the fuck out of the master. Just blow that shit to like three decibels. I swear to God, it sounds so much better. Like, uh, okay, I, I'm just like being facetious, but really, uh, anything I could think to say about producing is like, at some point, you're going to have to stop listening to other people. Your influence is going to have to stop at some point and you've got to actually start making music. And the best way to do that is to just listen. Listen to everything and then listen to yourself. Listen to what you're making. Don't focus too much on the EQ or the whatever. It's like I've heard so many people with the absolute fucking worst music you could possibly imagine that have 20 times the crowd that I do and it's just because they make their sound. That's what people like. That's all it is. Music is just that. Like at the end of the day, I, I think that's really all it is when you boil it down. So is FL Studio your favorite doll or in, is it just a tool? I think that every doll kind of has its own, its own quirks and things that people really go to it for. I see Ableton as kind of that uh, AOE kind of platform for people that uh, are looking for something that is really, really um, intuitive for like live performance, for example. It's great mm -hmm. for that, especially too, because I implement like a, like a drum machine into my shows. And that's just not possible in FL Studio without external plugins. But you can run all of what I need to do with just the audio files and all of my native plugins on Ableton. It is super easy to set up and has been a huge lifesaver for me. Because all I got to do is bring my laptop, Ableton, and my interface and my mics and everything and I'm all good to go. Um, but as far as making music, FL Studio, I feel like is the absolute best because it gives me all the features that I love about Ableton, for example, while also, again, having the piano roll and the channel rack. So for somebody that, like, I know enough about music theory that if I sat down on a keyboard, I could plot out the, the keys and I could write a song that way in a traditional composition. But I'm not great at just like playing things offhandedly. So for me, it's very helpful to just have the piano roll and kind of just get to tinker with things until it sounds good instead of just kind of sitting at a keyboard and 
being like, uh, but yeah, like if you're just recording like MIDI or live instruments, then yeah, Ableton's great for that. GarageBand, I think is fucking killer. I've, I've heard some really great projects come out of GarageBand. I don't, I've never personally dropped a song from GarageBand. Uh, yeah, I haven't used Cubase or Reaper or, um, what is it like band labs? Is that the app? There, there's like an app and like a free website. <laughs> I, I would yeah. not know. Oh uh, yeah. Those are like, those are like all the dolls everybody's using. I'm yeah. I think though that like FL studio is great for me because I, the foundation of most of my songs ends up being a, like an eight bar loop oftentimes mm-hmm. where I'll just like, I don't know. I think simplicity is, is really awesome. And then just kind of building on it from there. So I'll just like kind of go from the biggest part of my song first, working my way down. And the best way to do that for me is to just write like the chorus in the, the channel rack uh, part of FL. And then just kind of break that down in the arrangement view in, into smaller pieces. If any of my FL users out there know what I'm fucking talking about right now. Do you have any uh, go-to VSTs? Or do you have any like hardware I know you said you had like a drum machine. Yeah. So in terms of hardware, I mean, I've I do. Uh, you know, you said earlier that I was the first person that doesn't DJ. I do. Uh, not not well and not a lot, but uh, I have done a few DJ shows. Um, and so yeah, I've got a Tractor Control too because uh, that oh, okay. one's super okay. easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I've got like I've got like three acoustic guitars, one electric couple other instruments in terms of synth gear here i've got a pocket operator and a td3 oh cool so yeah not a lot in terms of yeah like like analog hardware i wish i had more but i also live in an apartment so it's like dog i don't i don't have fucking space for all that shit yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, I don't know, like I used to have like a full studio setup, uh, like where I had my own room that was like set up for all this stuff. And then I ended up realizing like I nowadays, I honestly, I record all of my music in my fucking living room by choice. Like I don't know why, like I downsized and just like decided like I, I switched from a desktop to a laptop and like, yeah, I just make everything on FL Studio. But to answer the question, um, some VSTs that I really like um, and I use in a lot of my shit. Serum's awesome. I use Serum to make, like, I, nowadays I've been getting a lot more in the practice of straying away from using loops and stuff in favor mm-hmm. of making a lot of my own, you know, drums and keys and, you know, of course, all the melodies and stuff. Uh, but predominantly through Serum is where I make a lot of my shit. But I think uh, Labs has a lot of great stuff. Um, Pocket Dimension I've been playing with recently. It's, you can get a license from them for like 10 bucks for it and it's really fucking killer. What uh, is that? Pocket, Pocket Dimension? dimension? Yeah, you'll have to check it out if uh, if you get some time. But uh, basically, like it, it's like a granular synthesis type VST where mm. uh, basically, like it shows a display of images uh, just like flashing on screen really fast. And there's some knobs to tweak the sound, but as you click, it kind of just takes wherever you're at in the sample and just starts making like granular distortion out of it. And it, it it's like not the most like practical VST ever. Like I couldn't see it being used in like everything, Mm -hmm. but like one of the songs that I actually had, uh, in this mix, I used, uh, uh, pocket dimension on the, on the lead. Uh, it was, uh, this, uh, like rap song that I actually made on the way to a show in Colorado Springs last week where, uh, yeah, like basically like it drops and then I just start going in on the bars, but I basically have the, the pocket dimension thing like automated, 
so it's like kind of coming in and out of just being like woo 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 sounds. So it's I don't know, it's mm. kind of cool. But uh, yeah, Labs is a great like really organic VST um, filter step delay. Fucking I don't know. I I really think too people sleep so much on the stock plugins on their apps like grain delay on Ableton, fucking fruity limiter. People give fruity limiter so much shit that that thing has so many goddamn uses. Gross beat. I still use gross beat <laughs> like every goddamn time I make a song. Is that is that like an always VST in most of your music? Not not every single time, but I would say like a good portion of the time. Like it finds its way in there at least in like one track. Cause like my songs will sound like it's like six sounds, but then you open up the project file and it's like 50 <laughs> <laughs> and you'll just find the most like random, like perk sound playing like so, so faintly you actually can't hear it and it'll have like gross beat on it. But yeah, no, it finds its way in almost like everything, even in just like certain sections. But so how is it when you're staring at a blank doll? What do you usually start with? Like, mm. So yeah, uh, kind of my process on that. Um, I'll kind of first off, I'll pick a letter. I'll pick a scale. I'll just kind of think about that. And you know, like um, for anybody that doesn't just know scales off the top of your head, um, like just enable like um, the ghost scale view on your DAW. Um, I believe Ableton also has a piano roll. It's not as good, but. I think you can also do this. You can basically just do like scale highlighting. And then from there, we'll just build out the roots uh, and then, you know, just build out the rest of the chords and then assign it to a DAW. Oftentimes, I think it's best to start my compositions by writing out the bass chords, adding a top layer melody, then a counter melody, all using a just standard piano sound. Sometimes even just like stock FL keys because I'm more so just listening for those note values and how they interact with each other. And like, I think that we live in an era with music where like it is so easy to be such a good sound designer, like just by fucking with the buttons that it's mm -hmm. more so a display of talent to know how these chords interact with each other and be being more intentional about what kind of emotion these are meant to invoke. Because like, I think in a lot of my songs, most people probably don't even know what words I'm saying. Like most people don't pick up on the words in any song, you know, but th they can feel what the song is meant to make them feel just with the instrumental. And I think that chords are what really carries a lot of that. So having interesting chord variations is where I place a lot of priority. And then I'll just split that up. You know, I'll just take the top line out, then the chords and then the bass. I'll assign them all to their own instrument channels and just, uh, yeah, then go into like Serum or something and just make presets until I think it sounds good. Kind of just go from there, add in all the drums uh, and Really, I got to say, I don't think that I've spent more than a day on a beat in the last year. Like, oh, wow, that's nice. Yeah, yeah like as far as instrumentals go, I, I, I don't know. I guess I've been like, especially working in hyper pop music, it forces you to strip everything back and say like, what are the fundamentals of a good song? I've realized that having really good structure is a big part of that. And a lot of the times it's like, I think musicians, especially like really talented ones, get really scared of repetition. Uh, but that's what people like. I, I think sometimes, especially with like, like electronic music too, like we're so scared to write a fucking catchy song. And the best part of that is to just like repeat stuff in it. Yeah, it might be lazy or whatever, but it's it's efficient. That's why most of the rap industry relies on on beats and placements and just getting songs out quickly because 
you know, people know a good song in the first few seconds and they like, you know, that melody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I can definitely attest to that. I've heard people, um, yeah, I, I heard, I've gotten comments of not having the best structure, but I typically have that same thought of like, oh, dude, I don't want to do that first part that I did again. <laughs> but no, I totally understand. It's very important because like, that's kind of how you get the catch too, you know, so. Yeah, but, I, I, I was going to say to conclude that thought, sorry to interrupt, that yeah, I think what I found to kind of just be that sweet spot with the audience is when you're still doing your thing and you're making it unique, but you're giving them enough elements of stuff that they've heard before that it doesn't make them too uncomfortable. You know, it's not like it's compromising my sound necessarily. This is just something that I've grown to really like. And I think it represents my sound really well. Cause like, I like catchy music. I like music that sounds like what I make, you know, just like that super repetitive, like you, you, you know what you're in for kind of shit. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think in the future, you know, everything grows and changes and I'll probably be making some crazy shit with no chorus uh, in the future. That's what I, I was trying to do for that most recent like rap song that I threw in there near the end of the set. But um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, no, that's, that has something in there that I should think about. But anyway, uh, DJ versus producer, uh, should one be perfectly skilled before jumping into the scene? No. Oh, goodness, no. I mean, like, I feel like I am right in the middle of one of the most interesting and coolest developments in a scene that we've had in a long time. I mean, what's going on in Denver is so, so fascinating to me as somebody that has loved music my whole life. I've, I've taken so many history of music courses. I spend so much time just pouring over the culture and everything about it. And what I'm recognizing here is that I'm kind of in the middle of the breeding grounds of a scene of kids that just like, just make shit. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, I know so many people who are playing shows for hundreds of people uh, on a consistent basis that have been making music for like less than six months. It's it's like, it blows my mind sometimes because like, of course, you know, sometimes you can hear that skill level in it, but like at the end of the day, like I think a lot of people just like partying. Like, like <laughs> if, you, if you can spin kind of okay, like at the end of the day, like I think there's a huge misconception like in DJ culture that like you have to be really good at DJing because like, dude, like so many shitty fucking DJs play great shows and it's because like most of the audience doesn't know what a DJ deck does. They don't care. Like they're just listening to the song. And so like, I don't know, there are people that like spend like a lot of time being like, oh yeah, you gotta know, you gotta know how to chop and use the jog wheel and manually like, it's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. And like, I'm sure that like there are people that put on really great shows with that. But in spite of that being the the professional culture, at the end of the day, the audience is just there to see music that they like. Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, I've heard some people that don't even know how to write like... Like I could ask them like, what's the C major scale? And they would be like, uh, like, yeah, they, they couldn't tell you, but yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but they play bigger shows than me. And you know, you, you can't hate it because at the end of the day, the audience is the one that's dictating what, what's good, I guess at the end of the day, not necessarily what's good, but like, you know, I don't know if a tree falls in the forest is, and nobody's around to hear it. Did it really fall at all? 
kind of thing in a weird way. Like that, that's kind of how I see it. Like, I think that in some ways, like the fact that people in droves do show out for it does kind of uh, stand as a little bit of that merit of, of quality there, even if on a personal level or other professionals might disagree. Like, yeah, totally. Like if you make music, just share it. Let's the worst that can happen. People don't like it. Just make more music. Like, just keep That's making music true. until people like it. Like, or or don't. Like, who cares? Like, if you just make music and people don't like it enough, then people will come back around to liking it. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's it's weird. No, I mean, no. I I think it makes sense, or at least it makes sense to me. Um, but then again, I'm a creator and somewhat a perfectionist, so <laughs> it's like. Yeah. You know, working on something enough to where you think it's good enough to come out versus like just consistently putting stuff out that you may or may not be embarrassed about. Like, you know, because I mean, uh, I guess like I said earlier, like you can be your own worst critic um, and it may not even like it may be already great and it may not even like get to anyone that you don't send it to just because you feel like it's not up or not ready yet. So, oh, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Yeah. So I, this. Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was gonna say this last little bit is kind of just like a little freestyle. I was just gonna like kind of give you the floor to talk about anything you would like to talk about, any upcoming shows, new music, uh, just whatever. What's going on with Astrid? Yeah, for sure. So um, we actually, me and Charlotte, uh, who I was mentioning earlier, she goes by Charlo professionally. Um, we just put out a new song called Cat Girl Anthem uh, this last weekend. Uh, you can listen to it anywhere that you stream music. Uh, it's one of the lead singles from our new album coming out later this summer called This Can't Be Good For Me, But I Feel Great. Uh, you could hear throughout the mix, uh, we take a lot of samples uh, from Postal 2 and other games and things that we're inspired by. It's just kind of like this horrible fucking mishmash of us just <laughs> sitting there over our computers, like laughing like children together, being like, ha ha ha, we got to put this in the song because it's funny. Like, I, I think, uh, I don't know if I put it in there, but I've got a, a fucking song that, like, she, like, threw in a sample from, from Fallout 3, and I was just dying laughing <laughs> at it. it. In the uh, mix, uh, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. The- I don't know if it was in the mix. I, I'll, I'll have to send it to you. Uh, have you. Have you played Fallout 3? That's so funny. Yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the part where you're about to leave the vault and Butch is like, you gotta help me. My mom's stuck in there with the rad roaches. And like, I was just going through her computer and I found that audio file. I thought it was so funny. I was like, you gotta put this on a beat. And so, yeah, there's this song I've got coming out. I don't, I don't know. I gotta actually name it and then I'll put it out. But yeah, it, it'll be out soon. You'll hear that sample and go, oh. But yeah, um, so Catgirl so Anthem funny. just came out. Um, we're actually doing really well on the streams uh, with that so far. So thanks to everybody that's been checking that out. I'm going to be uh, doing some music videos and other shit for that soon. Uh, got some more TikTok content on the horizon because, you know, got to keep up with uh, the social media algorithm or else mm-hmm, you'll drown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, yeah, got that acoustic EP. I played one of the songs from it, um, Sick, uh, on my mix. Uh, so yeah, expect the rest of that. It'll be a couple of tracks come in later in the next few weeks as soon as I kind of feel like it. I want to give a uh, cat girl anthem a little room to breathe, but I want to be a bit more, bit more consistent. Otherwise, um, yeah, I'm just going to be cranking out like a shitload of music. I've been thinking about ways that I could just maybe even on like almost a weekly or biweekly basis. I don't know. Uh, I was going to say earlier, uh, 
sorry, on, on a concluding note, you were, you were talking about being a perfectionist and I feel like I have been myself for, for so long. So yeah, with this, I'm kind of just venturing out a bit more to uh, just try and make more stuff off the cuff and show people a bit more of like my personality through my music. So yeah, just, I guess, expect a lot more of that coming up. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Um, is there anyone you would like, you have two people you think you could give a little shout out to, maybe want to feature them on Third Coast Space Radio? Ooh, yeah, definitely. Um, reach out to Skyline Tapes. They're the people that do uh, the tape pressings, the CDs, the hoodies, everything else for uh, my releases, as well as a lot of other people. Uh, Isaac is an absolutely wonderful individual who has been an incredible start uh, and really believed in me uh, throughout this whole process and uh, love Isaac to pieces. Alongside that, my best friend in the world, Charlotte, Charlotte Music, uh, one of the best people I know, incredibly talented musician, is about to put out her first EP. She's got a song called Solitude with me on it. We're also going to be doing a joint album later this year. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, those are the two people above everybody else in our community that I got to say, like, if you're not already put onto them, you got to be onto them. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> yeah, I hear that shit. Get on yeah. it. Get on it. Well, this has been a great episode. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, I appreciate you giving us the the time that you have. Uh, it was it was fantastic. I enjoyed the music. Uh, looking forward to hearing more from you. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. And thank you to everybody else for checking out the episode. I appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and that's Third Coast Space Radio. We out.
You are now listening to Third Coast Base Radio.
Yo, that mix was otherworldly, extraterrestrial for sure. We got chaos here. Say what's up to the people, chaos. What is up? Thank you so much for having me. Yo, super sauce right there. Really appreciate <laughs> your time. Really appreciate your music. I'm excited to dive into this. Um, so let's just go ahead and hop into it. Uh, you know, tell me about yourself. Who's chaos? Where are you from? What's your background? Yeah, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, born and raised. I did live in Miami for five years. So I was really in the EDM scene down there. It's huge down there because, you know, Ultra and then Winter Music Conference. It's huge. So, yeah, I've been listening to EDM for over 10 years now. It's, you know, everything. <laughs> the escape, the way to get through the day, you know, the way to pump yourself up for the day. And yeah, I mean, music has always been everything to me. Um, I started playing the flute in grade school. I don't know, I want to say maybe like fourth grade or so. And then I was in marching band in high school. So I've always been a musician. I picked up the harp like four years ago or so. So I've been learning harp. And yeah, and then I got into modular synthesis, uh, fell down a giant rabbit hole and I'm pretty much obsessed with that world. So yeah, I've just dove right on in and it's really, I found my life purpose. It was pretty accidental. I did not plan to get into modular synthesis. Like probably most people, it was intentional. Mine was super unintentional. Basically, I started producing electronic music, like bass music, in the computer, you know how everyone does it with like a virtual synthesizer. And I don't know, I just kind of got the urge to want to have a hardware synthesizer to make the sounds on just because like being behind a screen, you know, for long periods of time, it's just, you know, I wanted something to play with, but there's not a hardware synthesizer that makes those types of sounds. You know, it's pretty elaborate and it requires a lot of processing. So they just don't have a hardware synth that just does all that. I ended up finding a Reddit post where somebody was posting a demo of a specific module called Loquelic Iteritas by Noise Engineering. And it just made the nastiest, ooh, juiciest bass sounds I ever heard. So that's kind of how I discovered it. I was like, oh my God, I have to have this module. But it's, you know, you have to build a synth to put the module in. So fast forward, I built my own synthesizer that makes all the sounds for me with no computer necessary. And yeah, I just really fell in love with it. You can do anything with modular synthesis because there's a module literally for everything. Like I have a joystick module that lets me control whatever I want with a joystick. Like how fun is that? I just have a blast. Like I have motion sensor bracelets that control my synthesizer, uh, literally crafting sound with motion sense joystick. I have all kinds of things that you can play the synthesizer. So it's super fun. I really, it, it's just a party. Obviously you've seen my studio, so it's a blast in there. <laughs> right. And for the listeners who might not have seen her setup is absolutely freaking bonkers. It looks like <laughs> an, a spaceship. Like that's an incredibly underwhelming way of putting it. And uh, yeah, and you know, I just really want to talk about that. So, you know, you started like with the flute, um, and you know, let me ask you, was it the instrumentation that kind of like maybe gave you sort of the inspiration? Because, you know, like you said, sitting in front of a computer screen, 
a lot of people, you know, they don't do that or they do and it tires them out. But do you think that like instrumentation early, like in your early childhood kind of like gave you that inspiration with what you're doing right now? Yeah, definitely. Like the urge to want to play a physical instrument versus sitting behind a computer. Because like I am a computer nerd myself. Like I've spent a lot of my life behind a computer. I also work behind a computer. So, you know, I'm great with computers. It's just, yeah, I mean, playing a physical instrument, it's just more, it's creative. Like I kind of said, like working behind a computer, making music in a computer is kind of dull to a creative process. I mean, there's so many avenues to be creative in the computer, but I mean, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's a drag. It kind of is. It just was for me. I don't want right. to shoot it down, but I really got the urge to want to play a physical instrument. So yes. Nice. And what, you know, I've, I've never really, I've only kind of experimented with like BCV rack a little bit. Cool. Um, you did more than most. <laughs> but um, you, you said, I, I forget what, um, what actual module patch you said you first uh, explored that kind of sparked that. Um, but what, what is the story behind, you know, like the chaos name where where exactly what what ignited that flame what brought that into existence yeah it's so funny that you ask because this will be the first time that i'm admitting it um basically there's a, a, a type of monster energy drink it's the orange one <laughs> and it's the only monster that i like it's juice like it's a juice monster but it's okay. called chaos and it's spelled k-h-o-a-s so like that was my, sh uh, I don't know if I can say that. That was my stuff growing up. <laughs> uh, I loved it. It's like the only energy drink I really liked. Uh, so, you know, I'd always like in my life, I like, I love the chaos monsters, right? Well, then I started producing this and then, you know, it's like, first I, I'm very into art, obviously. So I got the trippy tapestries really for myself just to have my own chill space, you know, and then it just yeah. turned into being a brand. But with the trippiness and then also like the wires and everything, it's pretty chaotic. You know, my name is Kayla. So it was perfect. You know, it just goes, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, I really, really like everything about what you're doing. It's 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 not too yeah. often that you see a lot of people kind of take the mostly like hardware route simply because it it could seem, you know, very daunting. Um, and <laughs> yeah, and like you know, listening to your mix, it it just you could hear it's just a hundred percent originality. And um, so like let's like let's dive into that. Uh, I I'm not sure if that was like a stream of consciousness, like modular session. Like how does that work? Where'd your track selection come from? Like how does that you know? Let's dive into that a little bit. Yeah. So that specific mix. I mean, I've been recording everything that I make over time. So that specific mix was pretty much like my best, the best of the best, but then also some other new stuff that I was working on. And pretty much like anything that you hear, it came out of my synthesizer just like that. Like I do very minimal editing in a computer. So like my whole goal is to be able to play my song live, which means it needs to come out of my synthesizer perfectly without the need for, oh, let me move this here and chop this here. And you know what I mean? Like I try to make it come out perfectly so that I can play it live perfectly. So pretty much everything that you hear, it just came out just like that. I just recorded it and then I do my drums on the machine. So, so yeah. 
I don't know if you had a specific question regarding the mix. Yeah, more so just, um, I guess, what inspired, um, you know, the combination of the tracks that you selected? Or is that more so, um, you know, when it comes to your, is it, you you say it's all kind of like created live. And I'd like to ask, like, so what exactly do you, how do you, how do you mix your tracks together? I guess that's the best way. Is it all just done with like a pioneer mixer or yeah you mean like if i was playing live because obviously yes. the mix in the mix that i made i obviously just you know compiled everything in ableton but if i was playing live yes so basically what i have going on i use uh cockpits like endorphin cockpits i don't know if you know what that is uh but it's a mixer that goes out of my synth so i can have four voices per mixer and i have hang on i think i have three of those Four of those. So I'll have, you know, those four voices in each mixer. And then that one mixer goes into one channel of my Pioneer DJM V10. So I have six channels and the mixer. And then I have the, the mixers of my modular going into that mixer. So I'll have four voices on each mixer. And basically I'll have like the voices lined up so that you know, the first channels are all one song. And then by the time I'm moving on to the next song, I will just mute the first channels of each mixer and, you know, unmute the second channel of each mixer. And then I'll have the voices for the next song basically ready in the second channel of the sub mixers, if, if you're following me. <laughs> right. No, I mean, that's just actual wizardry right there. And yeah. uh, like, I really... I'm just fascinated by, you know, just, you know, uh, how long did it, you know, for you to kind of like from from the first, you know, little module you might have bought for your uh-huh. year, what you have now, like how how long did that all take you? Yeah, not long, actually, surprisingly. Um, it's been about a year and a half now, actually, since Damn. I first <laughs> got my first module. Yeah, I really, really just dived in like... <laughs> It, I I became obsessed and yeah, I really just went all in. <laughs> so who, who uh, has been inspiring you kind of along this journey? Like, do you have artists that specifically like you saw them and you were like, I want to fuck with that, you know, or like, you know, what, was there anyone, you know, that kind of just made you feel, you know, you had to do this for sure. Or like who, who are your inspirations? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing of it is, is like, I, since I was not intentionally trying to be in modular, like I solely started modular because I heard Loquelic Iteritas and I was like, I need to have that sound palette to play with. Nice. So it's like, I didn't necessarily see someone firsthand and they inspired me. You know what I mean? Like, Loquel Iteritas by Noise Engineering is what inspired me, to be honest. Uh, nice. So then when I got in and see the problem with what I do is I'm like kind of the only person that's really doing this type of music on modular. So you can't go on YouTube and find demos of bass music on modules. You just, you can't. Like, there's does not exist. <laughs> I'll actually be the first one to put out that content for others that would like to produce bass music on modular so Hell they yeah. can have it because the resources are so limited. You know, I'm like watching videos of people making techno and ambient sounds 
and I'm trying to think, ooh, could I do bass with that? You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. But just to answer, if I had to give, after getting into modular, of course, you know, Richard Devine, he's the god of modular, of course. So, I mean, his seeing his Instagram and his post and his giant, if you have you, do you know who Richard Devine is? Yeah, his, okay. I don't even understand how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say his room is so bonkers. inspiring. Yeah, he's obviously, like I said, the god of modular. So, if I had to have any inspiration in modular, it's going to be him. His sound design is beyond mind blowing. Uh, and we just do kind of two different types of music, but yeah. So, let me ask, like, uh, um, how, how, like, daunting is it trying to, like, take your, because I'd like to ask, like, you know, I don't know if you've had any collaborations with anybody or something like that, but, like, how daunting would that process be since you kind of, like, you know, move solely on hardware? Or is it very portable? Because I know you got your whole setup in your studio, but, like, how portable is that? that's set up for you as far as like, if you wanted to go somewhere and do something with it or perform or collab with someone. Yeah. That's funny that you asked because I've been uh, gearing up for all of that. Like I'm starting to, I'm getting ready to play live. I was actually booked for a festival, uh, but it ended up being canceled, unfortunately. So I'm pretty much just in the preliminary stages of get, starting to play live. This is wild. I have a utility cart. It's a like, it's like for music equipment. So it also turns into a table, like it's a portable cart. So my setup, it's, I mean, it's a lot, like it's a big ass, excuse me. It's, um, it's a lot of gear. Um, like literally my mixer alone is 26 pounds and the case for the mixer is like another 30 pounds. I got like 55 pounds of mixer. Cause I have like, you know, really professional cases for everything to protect it. Right. So I got, I'll be carrying my mixer and then I have my modular racks, which, you know, I breaks that down into being like two whole things. And then I have just some other miscellaneous items. So yeah, I have a cart to carry, like to transport my things. Yo, I mean, you're getting your workout in, you're getting to play music, <laughs> like a, a win-win right there. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I would have to have a cart. It would be a pain to have to carry everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I saw Richard, when now that you mentioned him, I think I might have saw him one time live. And yeah, like what, what? he even had. Uh, yeah, I think he came out here to the Black Box in Colorado sometime last year, the year before that, something like that. But yeah, wow. when he had his setup, I was just like, dude, like I would like I would that would be my like the scariest part, just transporting it because um, it all looks like it's such, you know, you know sensitive what? hardware, you know, it really is like it's definitely something that really bothers me and, you know, keeps me up at night. If you know what I mean? Just because <laughs> like it's that's my baby. Like you don't get it. Yeah. Like, it's my baby. It's like it's like a luxury car. I mean, I mean, it's not it's about a new car worth of <laughs> synthesizer, literally. So yeah, I mean, and plus like some of the modules I have, like a lot of mutable instruments, like mutable instruments is no longer in business. So a lot of those modules really, I mean, I could possibly find them used, but some of them are kind of irreplaceable, you know, they're like right. priceless. So yeah, I mean, it's very nerve wracking, especially like the scene and the type of music that I'm in. Like I would hate to be in a club and like some, you know, uh, irresponsible person 
oh, we throws fight. liquid or something. <laughs> I'm like, I need like a shield. I don't even know. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's pretty. And also like playing a festival. Like it's, it's like I would want to go party after my set, but I'm going to be so nervous about the fact that I have a synthesizer somewhere and right. someone like I would hate, you know, I've put seen that in a horror safe story about here being stolen and yeah, I'm literally going to like tag my synthesizer with an Apple tag on the inside. I'm going to put a GPS tag inside. Everywhere. <laughs> and and, all, and all, each each section of my synth, I'll have a GPS tag. Just to <laughs> give me peace of mind. So yeah. So is there like, I mean, you've been on like the musical path pretty much forever. It's kind of always been like in the background. Yeah. Um, but like, um, this path that you're currently on, you know, with your modular, um, performances and things like that, is there something like you feel like, you know, that this life has, sh has shown you that you might not have otherwise learned? Well, what do you mean by that? Like, um, you know, just taking this musically artistic path, do you feel like some lessons have been learned? that may have not have been otherwise revealed? I mean, if anything, like, it's really, like, do what you love. You know what I mean? Like, you need to follow your dream. If you have a dream, like, do it, you know? And, like, if you, whatever your passion is, obviously, like, music, not, it's not everybody's passion. Everybody should have their own passion. Maybe, like, a dream they wish they could, blah, blah, blah. Pursue it. You know, like that's like the biggest lesson because, you know, I honestly wanted to produce music for so long before actually doing it. And now that I'm, you know, I'm going to be 29 soon. I'm like, man, if I would have started, I'd be so far by now. And even if you're doing a little bit by bit, small bits, take big breaks, and then you're just learning a little bit at a time over time, you're going to end up further than if you didn't do anything at all. So even if it seems unattainable or it seems like so far away and so much work, start now. Just do it. I mean, like, there's nothing more fulfilling than doing what you love. Like, you know, I'm, I went through a lot this year and I couldn't imagine going through what I went through this year without having my passion there to be able to, like, fuel my fire and just get me through the day, you know, gives me purpose. So if you have something, don't don't stifle it and don't ignore it. That's the best advice I have. Nice. That's really good advice. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people can um, definitely kind of get wound up on the, well, these are the reasons why I can't. Right. And that's, it's just, it's a really, you know, counterproductive thing to do because, you know, the longer you wait, the more apt that you're probably never going to get to it in the first place, right. you know, and if you just get around and just get your ass up and do it, even if you aren't good at it, you know, like you said, little by little, bit by bit, you'll be doing a lot more than, you know, you if you've never done it at all. Right. Um, it's, it's just, I don't know, a lot of people find ways to you know be comfortable with complacency you know yeah so let me ask i know you've just you've dropped some good knowledge on a philosophical side but if you could go back and give yourself some like advice on the technical side or say um you know somebody who wants to hop into the production realm or you know even like the modular Realm, uh, what advice would you give them? Like, where would they start, or where would what would you give that advice to yourself? 
Yeah, I'm glad that you asked because I really did a good job doing it all. <laughs> uh, there's a an app and a website called Udemy. Man, I could be the salesperson for Udemy. They are, it's just amazing. So it's an app and they have classes for everything, more than just music. There's photography, cooking, other languages. I mean, you name it. But I learned everything on Udemy and like music theory, uh, introduction to music production, Ableton masterclass, uh, drum programming, sound design, synthesis. I learned all of that on Udemy. And each class is like $13. And the class will be like eight hours long. And there are videos that you have access to at all times. So you can constantly refer back to them, which is nice. And then the thing that I really like about it is you can change the the playback speed because I learn really fast. So I'll have it going like 1.5 times, you know, and like hyper learning this information. So like you can learn as fast or as slow as you want, which is cool because I'm a fast learner. So yeah, that's like the best advice I have. Udemy, Udemy, Udemy. That shit is <laughs> amazing. Yo, that sounds lit. I'm angry because I went to school for this shit and paid thousands of dollars. Now you can just pay $13 for it. Nice. <laughs> it really is actually like education, like, like school quality information. And in fact, the guy, I can just drop his name because he's amazing. Highly recommend Jason Allen. All his classes on Udemy. He has classes for everything, music, business. I mean, you name it. He is a star and he actually has a school that you know that you pay for, like what you're talking about. But all of those classes are accessible on Udemy as well for a very inexpensive price. So, so yeah, you can really, you know, you do not need to go to school for this stuff these days. The internet has everything. Right. Amazing. That's super. That's that's amazing. And that's just another, you know, tick in the box, like a reason as to why you should just get up and do it. Because back then, you'd have to go get a degree, blah, 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 blah. Now, like you said, pretty much anything is readily available. And now it seems like it's more specialized than just trying to, you know, type things into YouTube. It seems like you can kind of, you know, find your niche, whatever you're looking for. So that's really good advice for people out there listening. Yeah, yeah, that's my best advice. (laughs) So let's hop into your mind as a producer a little bit. Um, Obviously, um, everything that you're doing is coming from your modular synthesizer. Um, so like, uh, what, what doll do you use to kind of like track everything? Do you, um, use, you know, Ableton, uh, Ableton. Okay, sure. Um, and do you feel like, Oh, I don't know if you've had use other dolls, but do you feel like the doll is just the tool to kind of like, arrange all your things and then everything, you know, it just, you know, happens magically with the synthesizer or how do you, how do you feel about, you know, DAWs in general? Yeah. I mean, the DAW is great. I mean, for me, the DAW is like the drawing board that you're arranging the song on, you know, right. that's pretty much it. I try not to use a lot of effects in the DAW. I mean, like mixing and mastering is like one thing, but I try to use very minimal anything inside the DAW. Like it's really mainly just for arranging the song for me. Okay, so like, um, you know, pitch or you know, picture it for me. Like, you have just you don't have any, you know, I guess you call them like patches in the synth or anything like that. Like, what's your go-to piece of or what's your go-to modular, you know, to kind of start up a track? Like, what's your procedure? How would you begin uh, writing like a new track? 
Yeah. So I have uh, the stochastic inspiration generator. It's everything. <laughs> it's a random sequencer. So basically you tell it what notes to play and how long the note length should be. It's basically a probability. So you're turning a knob based on like the more the knob is turned, the more probability the note is going to be a quarter note, for example. The less the knob is turned, the less likely it is. And there are several parameters that you can set in the random sequencer like ratcheting, legato. You can change the probability of the attack and the decay. And uh, just like in the uh, rests, like pausing. Mm -hmm. So I can basically... Usually what I'll do is I'll start with like a random sequence where it's like creating some random sequence and I'll plug it into rings. Like I'm, I love rings. Uh, if you, you know rings, it's really popular. It's physical modeling. Sure. So it makes, you know, sounds like organic orchestral instruments. Like okay. Strings or percussive sounds, bell sounds, a very early beautiful module. So I have three of those and I'll just plug a random sequence into it. And it just starts, you know, turning out wild stuff. Then I usually pump everything, every parameter of anything that I use. I just pump with a ton of modulation where I'll just play with modulation until I start getting really wild sounds. Basically go for like the weirdest and wildest sounds I can try to find. Um, so usually that, like I'll start with that. And then the rings create sort of like a melody or a texture that then I'll pair with a bass sound. So also the stochastic inspiration generator, it has four tracks. So one of the tracks I use as an envelope generator. So it's creating like a, a randomized envelope generator with random attack decay, like all of the things I listed. And then I'll plug that into some parameter on my bass voices. I have specific voices I use for bass. So whether that be like, you know, the amount of modulation or wave folding they, uh, you know, anything like any parameter that I want, I can plug that random envelope into and it starts just making wild things. So it's very experimental. I just kind of plug modulation into everything that I can until a bunch of weird things pop out. And then I pair weird things together with other weird things that sound <laughs> complimentary. Pretty much how that goes. <laughs> nice. Making the squiggly sound sound nice. Um, yeah. So how long would you say like a typical, I guess, creative session would take you before you're like, okay, this is kind of how I want everything to flow together? Yeah, I mean, it really depends. Sometimes I go down there and I'll play around and I don't really find anything that I like. It's just, like I said, it's very experimental. Uh, but sometimes I go down there and I could make a whole track in a day, you know, or less. So it really depends. I mean, it just it's totally random. <laughs> it's chaotic. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I mean, the, when I when I'm doing it, like I I can make I feel like I can make a lot happen in a lot shorter of a time than if you did it in a computer. Which is right. Cool. That's that sounds cool. Yeah, I've I've always been interested by modular synthesis, but I've, it's always just seemed a little little intimidating for sure yeah, it, is. it seems like especially like with your with your setup the only thing i would want to do in there was probably like trip acid and then yeah. make like cool space noises and i'd be like this is this what is it guys. that's what i do <laughs> like, a lot of it. the stuff i make i make on acid so. <laughs> obviously i love acid nice so, um, I mean, obviously you, you say, you know, you try to use very little effects inside of a doll, but like, do you have 
maybe like a go-to mastering VST or like what, what like what's your go-to like digital thing to use when you are, you know, in the in the DAW? Yeah, so I mean, honestly, I've been really lazy because I have not well, I haven't really dove too much into learning mastering. I'm really trying to learn mixing more. So like with the EQ and compression and all that, right. I, you know, I'm more like a sound designer, like, you know, uh, that's my thing. So I'm learning mixing, which is an art in itself. And then once I get the mixing down, then I will learn mastering myself. But lately I've just been mastering with AI and I use cloud bounce. It's amazing. It's like, I think it's like 20 bucks a month, but you get unlimited masters and it's just so effortless. I just drop the track in and like, in just a few seconds, it's ready. So yeah, I'm a cheater. (laughs) But I mean, I do have like ozone and neutron, which I've kind of played with a little bit. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't view using anything, loops, samples, whatever. I'm more of a teach their own. If it sounds good, it sounds good. A lot of purists and elitists will try and argue otherwise, but it's more so kind of just, you know, kind of do your thing, Uh, which kind of like leads me into like the next question, because I don't know, you know, if you do perform live, you'd be using your hardware. But it makes me wonder, like, how do you feel about the whole like DJ versus producer argument? Like, do you think one should be skilled at both before jumping into the scene or like, like with you, obviously you're going to be using your hardware, but like, how, how do you think, how do you feel about that? I, you know, and I'm not really sure how to answer that just because I don't plan to learn to DJ at all. I just right? don't want to, like, <laughs> to be honest, like the thing of it is, is like, cause I've been a fan of the genre for so long. I go yeah. to music festivals. I've been to more concerts than I can count. I've seen all my favorite artists like I, I go to like every music show that comes in town that I know, like I'm that's, I only go out if I'm going to see music. So <laughs> I'm big into live music and basically, you know, it's like, and I know how the crowd feels too. Everyone. I mean, people talk about the fact like you, you're, you are going up there. I mean, I know they're not going up there and pressing play. I am aware there is an art to DJing and mixing tracks. You like undeniable. But at the same time, it is not being played live. I mean, it's just, it, it's true. I mean, it's just not, it's not in the genre. Like, you know, that type of elaborate music cannot just be played live until now. <laughs> so, you know, it's like the fact that I can play live, I wouldn't want, not want to. Like I could, it would be convenient for me to learn to just DJ my music because it would be so much easier to not have to lug all my stuff around I mean, and like if I fly somewhere, like my synth is getting a plane ticket next to me, like type shit, like, you know, that's <laughs> not going to sure. go with no overhead bin and I am not checking my synth. So I'm very extra with my get up and it would be a lot easier if I would just DJ my music. But the fact that I can play it live, like I'm going to do it just because I can, you know what I mean? No one else is. I'll be the, like literally the only person playing live. And if I can do it successfully, I'm going to just do it because I can, you know, flex. <laughs> Yeah, Hunter, like, you know, and I'm really excited to see like your progression as an artist, because I'm not going to lie. When I saw the shit, like it blew my mind. I was like, I haven't seen anything like this. Like you said, normally when you see anyone doing some modular shit, it's like 
techno or some super space ambient drony stuff, which is all super right. cool in itself. Yep. But sure. no, like you're out here like melting faces, and I'm uh-huh. like, yo, That's cool. that <laughs> I'm is like, my this goal. is this is super lit. So I'm really excited, and I'm I'm you know I'm glad to hear your take on that because you know a lot of a lot of people, you know, they kind of do uh, go that route. I see a lot of people who have like a bunch of hardware, but, you know, it's a lot easier to just carry a USB stick, you know, versus 100%. bringing all your shit. I think it was, uh, was it Essex? I think Essex just got like a ton, a ton of his, like their their stuff taken in Costa Rica somewhere. Like, full, Oh, I did see uh, that. Yeah, I yeah, actually did see that. audio visual. I know. Like, that's everything. why I'm saying it haunts me, man. Oh my God. I would literally like, I would have to have a security guard on my phone. Like, I, <laughs> I'm I swear. You. I'm telling uh, you. Yeah, I'm not Guarded around. room. Guarded room. I plan, I plan <laughs> to be huge. Like, I'm literally just getting started. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely plan to pop off just because of what I'm doing is so unique. And I mean, from what I can tell, it's really no one's doing it. I don't go to a festival and see someone playing the modular sun. I don't. Never. No. I've never seen that. So, yeah. Uh, I, I definitely plan to make it and hopefully if I get big enough, I can just have my own security guard. <laughs> <laughs> no, you definitely will. Um, definitely getting tagged regardless with the Apple tag. Again. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. Like I'm, I'm tracking you down no matter what. I will find it's- you. Liam Neeson status. <laughs> Literally. I will, that would be me. I would be, I will fuck up behind you and I will kill you. God damn it. <laughs> So no, the sixth part is kind of just like a like a freestyle, really. Um, I've been adding a couple of questions because over the seasons, I just realized I never have been asking, and it just you know getting like little you know 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 more about you, like kind of outside your life as a musical artist. But like, like what are you into? What do you do outside of music? Yeah. So, well, I definitely work a lot because, you know, I have to afford this. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, my my job is very intense and I have a lot of hours. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, when I'm not working and I'm not doing music, I have two very beautiful Siberian Huskies and I like to spend time with them. So I'm really into rollerblading and I usually rollerblade with my dogs. Uh, they like nice. pull me, so it's kind of like uh, mushing on rollerblades. Nice. So I enjoy doing that. Um, you know, just spending time with my friends. I like to just like I go to a lot of live music events. Uh, that's just what I do. Music is my life. Like <laughs> it is my life. I don't want to do anything but it. But to be honest, like I really don't do right as of right now. I don't do much other than produce music and work because. Like I have to put in all this work music wise to make it because I want to be able to quit my job and be a full-time musician. That's the goal. Like I want to be a touring musician in the EDM scene. I want to play every festival every year and we're going to play the wildest parties. Like that's my goal. So to get there, like I I said, I'm almost 29. The clock, I'm I'm not getting any younger. So I (laughs) literally have to grind, grind, grind until I make it. And then I'll be able to quit my job and then my life and then I'll have the life that I want. So I'm just in grind mode right now, really. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I totally understand that. You got to be on your Final Fantasy status and just straight up, you know. I don't even want to do anything else, though. That's the great thing. It's not, it's not like all I do is work. No, I mean, my studio, like, I don't want it. Like, look at my studio. I don't want to be anywhere else. Like, it's <laughs> the greatest <laughs> Right. It's, you know, a great no, time sure. you do oh, yeah. what you love all the time and oh, you know yeah. especially like you said you're rocking it out now i 
your trajectory is going to go far. Uh, I don't know what it is. And I tell everybody this too, usually, you know, either on the podcast or after the podcast, but like everyone that's been through the third coast space radio ringer, like they go off to do super big shit. So I'm excited to see like your trajectory as an artist and like where you go and how you go about blowing fucking minds everywhere. I'm super excited for that. Melter of faces. Yo, I got to ask though, your rollerblades, do they have brakes on the back? Because I just got a pair of (laughs) of aggressive inlines and them hoes are Uh way too fast for me. Like way too fast. I, I do use aggressive skates as well, so they do not have brakes on the back. You just, <laughs> just learn to T-stop. That's all I do. Yo. I can't do like a fancy slide, like, you know, stop. Can't do that. But I can T-stop with two Huskies pulling me. So Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I picked up because I was like, you know, I'd like to start rollerblading again, thinking that I was fucking 16. And I was like, yo, oh. this is actually, I, I, I like was very aware of my mortality. I was like, holy shit. I'm going way so too fast. Funny. That's <laughs> funny that I mentioned that and you just started. Yeah, it's a really great workout once you get it down. And I mean, I just, there's nothing better. Like, I hate running. And when you skate, yeah. it's like you're flying. Yeah, it's, 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 it's something, it's, it's better than like riding a bike for me for some reason, because I used to love, like, when everyone would be like skateboarding and riding their BMX bikes, like, that's what I would do. I'd rollerblade and I'd be grinding with oh, my yeah. aggressives, but like, for some reason, I don't. It's not like riding a bike whatsoever, where it's like, oh, you remember it? Like I, I felt like I forgot everything when I put those <laughs> rollerblades on. Aww. Keep your <laughs> knees bent. Knees bent. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm the sure straighter the leg, the less balance you're gonna have. <laughs> um. So let me ask. Um. What What exactly you said you have some stuff coming up. Uh, what what all do you have going on in, you know, chaos's future? Like what exactly do you got planned for the upcoming year, next year, things like that? Yeah. So I have a couple tracks. Well, I have one track that's, you know, almost ready. I just have to send it in for like a professional mix master. Uh, and then I have another track that wouldn't take me long to finalize. So those will be being released within the next couple months. And yeah, and then I have several other tracks. Like at the rate that I move, I feel like by the end of the year, I could easily have an EP's worth of music ready to be released. Uh, so that's cool. Some official releases, that'll be a big deal. Um, I just got my name trademarked. <laughs> so that's nice. cool. Getting all official, you know. Um, but yeah, and then really it's like the live sets. Like I'm mainly working on uh, perfecting the hour set. And just so I'm just have some other tweaks that I'm working out, uh, you know, because obviously what I'm doing is very experimental. And yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just pretty much perfecting it. And once I'm ready, I can I have a connect. I can just let them know and I'll be ready to play. So, yeah, I'll be yeah. I'll be I'll be playing live shows like by the end of this year. And That's- once I start, I'm not stopping. Like I'm going to be trying to play every show that I can and just, you know, get out there. Yeah, your your branding, your everything, it's it's so on point. Like once you and this is what I would probably this is some advice that I like. Like you're going out guns blazing, like ready, like you know, yeah. you're not just like, you know, beating around the bush. So if you're gonna do it, fucking do it, like you were saying earlier. Um <laughs> I'm yeah, really excited to see. Sure. Huh. So um 
I discovered you just like through a rabbit hole on social media. Um, usually how this podcast works is like an artist shouts out another artist, but I just happen to find you through divine timing or synchronization, whatever <laughs> you'd like to call it. Um, but I'd, I'd have to ask, you know, if you could recommend, you know, maybe some people in your friend sphere to be on the podcast, or if you have some artists that you know that might want to showcase some of their original music yeah, art, I, uh, do you have anybody you chat out? Yeah, for sure. I definitely have. Uh, my friend Trentabite is super awesome. What he does is just so cool because like I've never seen anything like it. And I, I guess he, there's only like three people in the world that even do it as far as we last checked on Modular World. But uh, I'll send you his page. He has a modular setup, but then he does turntablism. So he has a turntable and he like vinyl scratches his modular. It's wild. Super what? sick. Yeah. And his style is great too. Cause uh, it's not, you know, it's more so it's not like your typical techno or it's not typical modular music. He actually has like, it's like electronic dance music. Like I dance to it. It's wonky and weird and wild and fun. Yeah. His stuff is great. So Yeah. You'll, you'll love them. Badass. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll uh, link up after this and I'll get that link from you. Um, but where can people find you online on the interwebs? Yeah, so I have my Instagram that has the best content. Uh, it has the most content, at least. And then my SoundCloud is where you can listen to the music. And then I have a YouTube as well that has some longer videos, like 20 minute long, like live set jam videos. I have like three of those. So, so yeah, YouTube, Instagram, SoundCloud for now. Uh, in just a couple months, I'll be on Spotify, Woohoo, and all other major platforms. Thick. Yeah, it's always badass once you get the distribution going. You're like, oh, is it really? real? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to get so, all my rainbow fractals on Spotify. Heck yeah. So uh, let me ask, what... Where where do you see yourself? Like, what what's the what's the absolute end goal? Like, you know, the dream has been achieved. You've made it. What what is what does that look like to you? Yeah, when I can quit my job and be a full time <laughs> musician. Like I said, I want to be a touring artist. I want to play all the festivals worldwide, like the sickest parties. I want to play them all. I mean, you name it. Would, <laughs> I want to play them. Would you be willing to like? You have the freedom to travel and play your music everywhere. Everything's comped, but you're not necessarily wealthy. Would that be okay with you? Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I've made enough money already to where, I mean, I kind of have everything that I want already. So, I mean, nice. I just want to make music. You nice. know, I want to do. I mean, but sure. I honestly, I don't think that's going to be a problem because, well, I'm I'm a businesswoman. I'm I'm successful <laughs> in like business areas. So what I have going on is very lucrative. I mean, I'm going to have courses on modular synthesis, modular bass, how to get started in modular. Like I'm going to make courses for all of that ba modular bass sound design. Like it's going to be a whole niche. And my goal really is to inspire a new generation of artists that want to make this type of music or any sort of commercialized EDM on modular. That's not your standard, you know, techno noise ambient that everyone else is doing to actually explore and push the boundaries and realms of modular synthesis. So I want to inspire a whole new generation to play live modular as well. Yo. 
super, super amazing. I'm, I'm excited to see like the project, the vision. I'm excited to see all of that because something tells me it's going to be outlandish. I'm going to be like, you remember this conversation from 10 years ago? Look at where (laughs) you're at now. I can't wait for the 10 year, the 10 year reunion for sure. Yeah. My guns are blazing. Like I'm not messing around. I know I'm going to make it happen because I'm a visionary and I make things happen. So that's what I do. And I can't wait to make it all happen. Bet. Well, chaos. Um, I want to thank you for your time. Um, thank you for blessing me and blowing my mind <laughs> with your music. Um, I just want to give you a chance to say like any last words of wisdom to the audience. Oh man, I really, really touch it and all. I just want to say thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you noticing what I'm doing and being interested uh, and giving me a voice. Uh, it's very important, especially in this world. Basically, I mean, I really just want to touch again on whatever it is that you know you want whatever it is like your passion don't stop like please pursue it you know like i said even if it's a small amount a little bit over time it's gonna give you a sparkle you know and like everyone deserves to sparkle and love life and have something that can make them happy no matter what they're going through it's just so important i'm really into mental health uh, super, super into it. It's something like, you know, it's a big thing in this world, especially. So I just feel like having your passion and pursuing it and having it there for you is so powerful just to live to your truest potential. You know, like when you're happy and you're vibing and you're flowing with the universe, you're going to have, you're going to be able to accomplish so much more and you're going to attract so much more positivity into your life. So it's just, you know, please. Go for it. Yo, incredibly wise words from chaos. Um, Thank you so much again. I'll let you get back to the rest of your day. Hopefully it's well. Thank you once again. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. I hope you, it's not too busy for you and you get all your stuff done. Yo, so there you have it. Third Coast Space Radio, season four, episode 39. Be sure to like us and the respective artists involved as always. Yo, summer's been hitting, but I'm ready for spooky season like a motherfucker. See you guys next month. Loud. Pow, pow, pow.